Welcome to the Christian Ministry Church Podcast. We're praying that this message equips and empowers you to live in the kingdom of God. Now for today's sermon by Pastor Tim Brooks. Well, I want to welcome all of those who are joining us on our social media outlets. The title of today's message, Jesus Is. This is Christmas, and on Christmas, contrary to popular belief, we celebrate Jesus' birth. It is Merry Christmas, for those who may not understand that. Church, as Christians, we're going to have to get a hold of this. It is not Happy Holiday. You're not removing Jesus' birth from this celebration for me. The fact is, the whole year is full of holidays. It's the holiday season all year long. And we don't say happy holiday. We are off work for Columbus Day. We're off for George Washington's birthday. The bank is closed for Memorial Day. The 4th of July, it's Labor Day. It's Veterans Day. The bank, the post office, they put up a sign and it says closed for 4th of July. Closed for Memorial Day. They don't say closed for holiday. They go in and you say happy 4th of July. You don't say happy holiday. Don't say happy holiday. The sign is going to read, we're closed for Christmas, not happy holiday. Come on, we can't just sit here and be in a sleep like the church often gets. You don't send cards with a note on it that has a picture of your family saying happy holiday. There's 364 days a year you can send a picture of yourself to somebody. You send a card with the nativity scene on it that says, for unto us a child is born. We're celebrating Christmas, the birth of Jesus. I I, I tell you, I'm just, I'm jerked up here a little bit this morning. This last week, I saw a very, very popular Christian, big time Christian, a great Christian magazine and their December front cover of the month of December magazine said, with a tree and a ribbon, this season let's remember our fallen heroes. Come on, we do that in Memorial Day. That's the season we do that. This is the season to celebrate Jesus' birth. And when we've got Christian magazines that can't get it straight, How is a lost world going to keep Jesus in Christmas if we don't keep happy, merry Christmas front and center? We're not going to let Jesus be removed from this celebration. If you're going to say on September 5th, we're closed for Labor Day, then on December 25th, you say we're closed for Christmas. Don't say we're closed for a holiday. Jesus is what we're all about. It is the Christmas season and we are celebrating Jesus' birth. And truly, it is the most wonderful time of the year. No doubt, no doubt for many, many, this is a painful time of the year. We live in a fallen world. We live with imperfect, sinful people. Those imperfect people mostly are our family. Yes, we, we have family members that are messing up. 
that, that just right now flat don't suit us with what they're doing. And that can make Christmas celebration very painful. For many, the pain of Christmas can almost be unbearable. I know that. And I know that because we all experience that. Your relatives have just messed this thing up. And I know that because we live in a fallen world. On top of being surrounded by imperfect people, you add to that list at Christmas, we've got relatives coming over to visit us that we don't like. I don't like those folks. I'm not gonna have a show of hands today, but how many of, no, no, no. Your wife is making you go see some of these relatives. Why can't we just stay at home? Why do we have to go see those people? We had not seen them all year. Now, why do we have to ruin Christmas by going and seeing them now? And for some reason to me, we got all these people that come over to our house to eat. And for some reason to my wife, our house has to be clean for them to come and eat. They're coming to eat our food. Why do I have to vacuum for them too? Just close the door and tell them, don't look in that room. And have you noticed how expensive Christmas food is that we have to feed these people? Ham, prime rib, tenderloin. Why can't we feed these people peanut butter? I tell my wife, you know, the doctors say peanut butter is very good for you. She rolls her eyes. Seriously, seriously, peanut butter? I say, okay, let's put out two kinds of jelly they can put on their sandwich with that. Uh, you know, all this is stuff that Christmas brings. It can just be such overwhelming joy for us. You know, as Christians, we, we center our lives around Jesus. And we just, as Christians, we simply can't allow relatives with issues to keep us from being overjoyed at Jesus' birth. We all have relatives, they all have serious issues, but we can't allow them to rob us of the celebration of Jesus' birth. Today, I want us not to focus on the hurt and on the pain, not on the moms and the dads and the aunts and the uncles and the cousins and the kids that have caused us deep hurt, deep loss, painful divorces, death of loved ones, and we've all experienced this. Today, I want us to focus on the birth of Jesus and what Jesus is to me. This celebration is not about your imperfect relatives. This celebration is about the birth of Jesus. The title today is Jesus Is. God created mankind and he placed mankind in a perfect sinless world. That was God's plan for us to live in the Garden of Eden. No picnics ever got rained out. None of Tory's fall fest ever got rained out. Water just came up from the ground and watered everything. There were no hurricanes, there were no tornadoes, there was no sickness, there was no heart attacks, there were no car wrecks, there were no hurt feelings, there was no sin nature, and that was God's plan for us to live in. And quickly, mankind thought they could improve on that because we so wanted to indulge in sin. And so we gave our life over to a sin nature and all of the hurt and the consequences of that quick temporary moment of fun brings, it's a product of sin. Sin nature was then passed down to all of us. 
separating a perfect God from a sinful man. Human beings were helpless, enslaved in sin, and couldn't free themselves. And for 4,000 years, we were trying to make atonement. That means to just cover our sin. We were trying to use animals to pay the price for sin in our life. We were trying to find a perfect priest to go talk to God for us. It was a hopeless situation. And God had to do something. Except God could not do anything because it was a man problem. Man had to do something, except man couldn't do anything because we were hopelessly caught in sin. And in a manger, just over 2,000 years ago, an all-God, all-man, the Messiah, the Savior, was born. Science tells us that we need four basic elements to survive. I want you to write these down. Four basic elements mankind has to have to survive. Water, air, food, and light. To survive, we have to have water, air, food, and light. I want to look at what the Bible tells us Jesus is. Jesus is. John chapter 4, verse 10. Jesus replied, if you only knew the gift God has for you and who you are speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you living water. But sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket, she said, and this well is very deep. Where would you get this living water? And besides, do you think you're greater than our ancestor Jacob who gave us this well? How can you offer better water than he and his sons and his animals enjoyed? Jesus replied, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink the water I will give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. Jesus is living water. Jesus is living water. A fresh bubbling spring within you and I. Science tells us that water is one of the four basic elements that we have to have to survive. And Jesus is living water, a fresh bubbling spring within you, wherever you are, whatever is happening to you, whatever hurt, pain, disappointment, loss you are experiencing, right then, right there, you can tap into Jesus and in the form of a baby in a manger he becomes living water that bubbles up inside you. I think of all my old Western movies. Every movie has a scene, every movie has a scene of them being out in the desert, dry, hot, parched, struggling to get one foot in front of the other, fall down face first in the dust, pull themselves up, clawing and the life is just being sucked out of them by the elements around them. And just as they're about to take their last step, they come up on an oasis, a spring, a water, and their life is saved from the scorching elements around them. Now, I always notice the sun is still there. It didn't change the sun. It didn't change the heat. It didn't change the environment around them, but that water 
saves their life. Today, I can't do anything about your personal situation, what you're going through that is draining the life right out of you. And we all have a situation, very hurtful, right here at Christmas time. Today, I can't do anything about your situation, but I can introduce you to that oasis. I can introduce you to a well bubbling, springing up on the inside of you where right in the midst of the scorching heat that's sapping the life out of you, you're saved from the elements you're in because it's bubbling up on the inside of you and you're not thirsty again. I'm not looking for anybody to change. I'm not looking for anybody to do anything. I'm not looking for God to turn the sun off. I've got a spring just bubbling up on the inside of me and I've got an inner satisfaction that the world can't know anything about. It's on the inside of you. This Christmas season, refuse to allow hurt, pain, regret, loss, disappointment to be your attitude. Jesus told us, I am the living water, drink of me. Right now, right here, if you're hurting today, if you're dreading these next two weeks, just bow your head right now and just let that bubbling spring well up on the inside of you. God, I ask that bubbling spring, I'm drinking of you. You are my living water. You are my sustenance. And I find refreshment in you. I find my life in you. Lord, if nobody changes, if nobody does anything different, if my circumstance or situation never does change, I thank you for what you've done for me. I celebrate your birth. I celebrate you. I've got a spring on the inside of me bubbling up. Come on, you experience Jesus. You experience Jesus in the hurtful elements that you're in. The next thing that science tells us that we just have to have, if we're gonna survive, you have to have air. Acts 17, 25 tells us that Jesus is the air we breathe. Years ago, there were three of us that would go down off of the coast of Texas to a place called Port O'Connor. We would take a bass boat and go miles out in the ocean and there were some jetties out there that they had dredged a canal to let the ships come in. We had a contact down there that would call us and say, the speckled trout are in. We'd jump in that rig and we would head to Port O'Connor. We would go out way out there in the ocean in a bass boat, not sure how smart that was, but we go out there, anchor on those jetties, and I'm telling you, catch those speckled trout, you talking about a fishing trip. We did that on a number of occasions and it was big time fun. We were out in the ocean, you're in a bass boat, and so we'd let this anchor down to hold, when we'd find where those trout had schooled up under there in those, uh, in, around those rock jetties, we would put an anchor down and man, we would just catch them. We would just be catching them. Well, this one trip we were there, that anchor hung in those rocks. It hung in those rocks deep. And the tide started coming in and we were tied to the bottom of that ocean. And that boat started tilting up out the back end. The nose started going up in the air 
And the back of that boat was getting closer and closer and closer for water spilling over in. We were going under in the middle of the ocean in a bass boat. I'm not sure how this election took place, but out of three of us, I was unanimously elected by the other two to jump down in that water and pull myself along that cable and get down to that anchor and get it out from under those rocks. I'm not sure how all that transpired. All I knew is we didn't have time to argue. We were fixing to go under. And I jumped off of that boat, grabbed a hold of that anchor, and I started pulling myself to the bottom of that ocean, to that jetty. I got down there, got a hold of that anchor. You know, when you're exerting energy, you tend to breathe a lot. There wasn't no air down there. And I got a hold of that anchor and I got that thing out from under those rocks and I freed that boat. And when I did, I could feel that thing jerk up. And I started headed to the top. Church, I needed air. I needed air and I needed it bad. I, I, I never will forget how bad, I, that was the, the, the worst I've ever been in, needing my next breath of air. You know, we take our air for granted. It's just always there. It's always there until something in life restricts the airflow. You gotta come to a point in your life where you want air. You gotta come to a point in your life where you want air and you want air now. Jesus is the air you breathe. You're struggling in your job. You're struggling financially. You're struggling in a relationship. You're struggling in a marriage relationship. You're struggling in life. You want a boyfriend so bad. You want a fiance so bad. And you're struggling. You're hurting on the inside. Yet you want your own home. You want your own family. You've been through a horrible divorce. You've been rejected by a former husband or a wife. And, and, and you come to a place where you feel like for your life to continue, I just have to have a breath of fresh air. For my life to continue, I've got to have some relief. I gotta have a breath of air. I've got to get some air. I am under it right now. Swim as hard as you can to Jesus. You swim as hard as you can to Jesus. I'm not dreading this Christmas season. I'm celebrating his birth because Jesus is the air I breathe. He's the air I breathe in the midst of hurt, in the midst of difficulty, in the midst of pain that we all experience because we live in a sin-filled world. We live with imperfect people and I need a breath of air. My situation is choking the life out of me right now. I've got air to breathe. I've got air to breathe and nobody has to change. Nobody has to do anything for me to finally be happy. I got air to breathe and I'm good. I'm really, really good because he is the air that I breathe. Jesus is the living water. Jesus is the air we breathe. Another thing that science tells us that we have to have to stay alive is food. It's food. John 6, 32 says, Jesus tells you, I tell you the truth, Moses didn't give you bread from heaven. My father did. And now he offers you the true bread from heaven. Jesus said, I am the bread 
of life. And whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. You know, the world craves sustenance. And just like we crave a physical food, we also have spiritual needs on the inside of us. And we crave acceptance. Everybody wants to be accepted. We crave, we crave an applause, an attaboy, a pat on the back. Somebody appreciate me. Somebody recognize me. All I want is just somebody to love me. I want somebody to want me. We have needs on the inside of us. I'm telling you, Jesus is the bread of life. And when you understand that you're loved by him, when you understand that you're accepted by him, when you understand he is the one that sees you, pats you on the back and says, well done, we get our food, we get our longings, our craving from Jesus. I'm not driven, I'm not forced to go get drunk, I'm good. I'm not forced to get high, I'm not forced to go and get rich and drive some big fancy notable car. I'm not forced to get, I'm not forced to have. See, I'm satisfied and you're not ever hungry again. I'm not struggling to stay sober. I'm just struggling to stay sober. Tim, I've been sober now about six hours. I'm really doing good, right? Come on, I'm not struggling to stay sober. I don't want any. I'm satisfied. We just finished Thanksgiving at our house and boy, we got a family full of good cooks. And and when I ate all of that, I was not hungry. I mean, I was, you, you know, you get to the point where you just want, I could get some dressing on my finger and see if I could poke it down. It's so good. Just get one, just one more, but it wouldn't go down. I was full. And I got up from the table and I went in to where all this food was laid out. And all these people at my house, 53 of them, they had eaten and eaten, and it looked like nobody eating anything. We had so much food. It was unbelievable. And, and I walked back around that table, and my gosh, it looked good. My gosh, it smelled good. Oh, I just wanted one more bite. I wanted, I just wanted, to, I just, just another. And I just dropped my plate, and I walked away, because I thought, I'm full. I can't, I can't put another bite in my mouth. You know, when I thought about that, as you're walking around, getting drunk may look good, but I'm full. I, I just, I don't, I don't want a sip. I don't want a snort. I don't want a puff. I am good. Oh, just go bar hopping. Let's go. Oh, I'll be fine. It'll be fine. I'm, hey, listen, I'm full. I, I am, I'm happy. I'm content, I'm blessed, I'm full, I ain't hungry for nothing, and there ain't nothing out there you can take me to go and do, I am stuffed. See, I'm eating of the bread of life. I'm full, I'm satisfied, 
I am really, really good. Oh, let's get a different woman. Let's get a different job. Let's get a different city. Let's get a different church. Let's get, see people, they're hungry. They're hungry. They're hungry. And until you come and experience Jesus is the bread of life, you're just cramming and cramming and cramming more and more down and snorting it up your nose and shooting it in your vein and sucking it up and blowing it. I mean, I just, I'm, I'm star. I'm just craving. Come on, when you get a hold of Jesus, the bread of life, I'm good, man. I'm full. I don't need nothing. You can't believe how happy I am. You, you can't believe how happy I am and what a good life I got. Perfect? No. Surrounded by imperfect people? Yes. Hurt? Deeply. Mad? Really? A lot? Very? But listen here, I'm good. I'm good. Science tells us that we have to have four basic elements to survive, to live. You got to have water. Jesus is the living water. You gotta have air. Jesus is the air we breathe. You gotta have food. Jesus is the bread of life. Number four, Jesus is the light of the world. John chapter one, verse four. The word gave life to everything that was created and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. Now, God sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell us the light so that everyone might believe, believe because his testimony. John himself was not the light. He was simply a witness to tell about the light. The one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, is coming unto the world. Chapter 3, verse 19. And the judgment is based on this fact. God's light came into the world but people loved the darkness more than light. Chapter 8, verse 12. Jesus spoke to the people once more and he said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. Church, we're not stumbling around in darkness. During the week, when nobody is here, I, I often get here before daylight and I walk through this auditorium and I don't know if you've ever been in here when the lights aren't on, but it's dark. It's real dark. I always get here on Sunday morning between 6, 6.15, walk up and down the aisles. I pray over these chairs. I pray over you. I ask the anointing of the Holy Spirit to speak his word in a powerful way to touch and change hearts and heal hurts and heal wounds. I walk around in here in the morning in the pitch black dark. And I think that I know where everything is in here. I put these chairs in here. I go on my hands and knees. I measured these aisles. I measured these chairs. I know where they are. I know how this works. And I don't need no light. I know what I'm doing. Y'all see that beam right over there? At about six feet high, it has skin fragments from my forehead right in the crease of that thing. And it doesn't have just one in there. I've hit it on multiple occasions. Let me tell you about the armrest in the aisle. They have skin particles from knee that I've left on those arms. 
Now, let me tell you something else. When you're walking and you're in motion and your knees hit the chair, well, your head keeps going. And so your head hits the row right behind where you just stumbled. And I'm flopping and falling and banging around in here and just praying that the cameras aren't on and nobody can see this disaster I'm in. And I often, and then I do it, often. You, you would think that you could learn. I don't know why there's an element in us that loves darkness more than light. I don't know why we do that. I don't know how long are you gonna live like that? But me in here in the pitch black dark walking around is a real picture of so many people's lives. It's just one problem after the next. You've hit your head on that same beam. You've lost that job. You've lost that job. You've lost that job. You've been to this marriage, that marriage. How long are you gonna continue to wallow around banging and bumping and knocking around in life, one wrong step, one job after the next, one marriage, one church, church to church to church. Why do you love darkness more than light? Finally, it dawns on me. Right here in this phone is a light. And I, frustrated, turn it on. It's amazing when the light is on how you can see. And when the light's on, I don't never hit my head on a beam. I don't ever fall over a chair. Come on, Jesus is the light of the world. Stop bumbling and banging and stumbling and flopping and falling and changing and flopping around in life. He's the light of the world and when you get a hold of Jesus, you can see where you're going. You can see what you want to do in life. You can see where you're going. You can see what you want to accomplish. You can see what you want to have happen. You got a vision for this next year. You have a vision for your life because he illuminates your life with Jesus. You can, for the first time, see where you're going. Church, Jesus is. Jesus is. I know, I know, I know how very, very hard the Christmas season can be for so many people. You, you've had death in your family. You've had loss. You've had hurt. You've had pain. And I know this because that's all a part of life. That's all normal for all of us. We all experience the death of loved ones. We all experience hurt and pain of imperfect loved ones who have hurt us and hurt us deeply. That is why Science tells us you have to have four basic elements to live your life. I know, I know the hurt, I know the pain, I know the loss, I know the difficulty. You have to have four basic elements in your life if you're gonna survive. Jesus is your living water. In the midst of the hurt and in the midst of the pain, Jesus is the air you breathe. Jesus is the bread of life and you're not starving, you're not craving, you're not hungry for anything. And Jesus is the light of the world. You're not bumbling and stumbling and flopping around. This season, you refuse to be sad. Death is normal to life, it's part of it. People disappoint you, that's part of it. Loved ones hurting you, that's a part of life. Hurt, pain, sense of sadness grip you and it wants to suck the life right out of you. And for 4,000 years, we lived in that. 
a hurtful, painful, disappointed life, and we were captive to it with no place to turn. There was no way to handle the consequences of sin in life. There was no way to handle the fallout of sin in our life. We lived in it, but in a manger. Wrapped in swaddling clothes just over 2,000 years ago. Jesus is a bubbling spring within you. Jesus is the air of life. Jesus is the bread of life. Jesus is the light for your path. And I'm celebrating this Christmas. I refuse to be sad because Jesus is the basic elements I need to live my life and to live life more abundant. You have a Merry Christmas. Y'all stay. Lord, today we are experiencing a Merry Christmas because Jesus, you are. You are. You are. In the midst of a lost and dying and hurting world, in the midst of pain and sorrow and loss, today we drink of you. We stir up the gift that's within inside us. And this season, our focus is not on how bad we've been hurt, but our focus is on how blessed we are that you paid the penalty and the price for our sins. Today, we celebrate you, and truly, it is a Merry Christmas. God bless y'all, and have a great week. Thank you for listening to this message from Christian Ministries Church. If this message impacted you and you'd like to sow into our ministry, you can give at cmchurch.com. If you'd like to listen to more of our messages, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Just search for Christian Ministries. God bless.